Hello there, generations of ex-listeners. This is Jeremy Rashford. Remember, you don't need to scream for help when banshees are around. Was it supposed to be Jean or was it supposed to be Madeline? I drew that image and a deliberate hint at things to come. What makes Marvel Legends so special? Just the partnership with Marvel, you know, continuing to work with Jesse Falcon, who birthed the whole line back in the day, and having his input be that guiding light, and then Dwight and the team. This is your special guest host, Mr. Sinister. <laughs> when I showed up to Vancouver, I, I had I had comic books there, so I was able to get familiar with Jubilee. And I mean, I guarantee you, if the show had gone anywhere, it, you would have joined the comics. You, know, you would never put Storm in a ponytail. That would be we weird. Could, but that would be weird. Answer. But giving it to Jean kind of made her the girl next door that everybody could talk to. This is the Generations of X podcast. I am your host, Dayspring, and I hope you survive the experience. Welcome to the main Zoom meeting room of Generations of X with two special guest hosts for this very special and eventful WandaVision episode. Welcome back, Nightfall. Hi, I'm just here for the drinks, but can we turn down the temperature? This room's getting white hot. (laughs) (laughs) Are you a scarlet snitch, witch, or bitch? D, all the above, and to the letter. (laughs) (laughs) And returning guest host, Michael Brower. Come on, man, a redhead with telepathy and telekinesis going dark. Has such a story ever occurred? Let me tell you, originality is something that not even the Phoenix Force or even the Krakoan Protocols can bring back. (laughs) (laughs) No shade, just saying. (laughs) Michael, we've put you to hard work this month. You're in an upcoming Justice for Maddie episode. Tell me, have you picked a code name? I, you know, thought about it for a little bit, and I think I have finally settled down on one. So from now on, I will be known as the Ascani Sun. Oh, you're talking a day spring right here in exactly. Nightfall. So tonight on Generations of X, it's just family. The summer's exactly. gray family. <laughs> All right. So Ascani Sun, we know our history with Wanda. We've been talking about it for a few weeks. I'm curious about your relationship with Wanda. Tell us, how do you, where do you fall on the Wanda spectrum? Are you a fan? Or are you not a fan? I am a fan. I like, I like the Scarlet Witch. You know, it's funny because, you know, I've been predominantly just, you know, X-Men fan, you know, from the get-go and never really gave the Avengers any mind, you know, of course, until they started becoming a little bit more popular with the MCU movies and whatnot. Uh, but, I mean, I've collected comics even before before then, and I've always liked her. Um, I liked her story. I think it's very interesting. I mean, I'm not very, you know, Scarlet Witch, you know, history expert by any means, but I know some things. I find it interesting with her where she is now, you know, especially in the X-Men history with her being known as, you know, the pretender. Uh, don't even get me started with that retcon from the Axis storyline. I... <laughs> I mean, that's something we can talk about later. I always find that a little silly. To me, I've always, I still consider her to be the daughter of Magneto. So I have no qualms with the Scarlet Witch. I think she's awesome. And I have been enjoying WandaVision. For me, the episodes have just been getting better and better and better. It's funny, someone on Twitter or whatever conversations people are having, someone was like, oh man, WandaVision is a slow burn. And either a news source or someone else replied saying, WandaVision is not a slow burn. No. You just forgot how to watch television. That's yeah. exactly it. And I think a lot of people um, 
and, and I mean, to kind of piggyback off your point there is, you know, we live in an age now where it's just instant gratification, especially now with streaming. And, you know, everybody just wants it right then and there. And like you said, yeah, people have forgotten to watch television. Look, I'm a child of the 80s and 90s. I mean, I can remember, you know, 30 minute sitcoms that span like 26, you know, 30 episodes uh, to even get to like the main point of the story. Um, I mean, it, this for, you know, people complain about it being a slow burn. It's not like we didn't know what this was going to be about from the yeah. beginning. They even said this is going to start off like, you know, you know, decades uh, from the 50s to 60s to 70s. Obviously, it's going to get to a point you just got. I've even told people that I work with, you know, that have been watching this and that have said the same thing. You've got to stay with the story because it's going to get to where it's going and then span off into the films. You, it's, you do not want to miss this. So I'm like, just stay with it. It's getting good. It's so weird because so many people have been talking about it, about like WandaVision. And I'm not surprised that they're fans of the MCU, but it's interesting when people talk about Wanda because, again, like how I've talked about, you know, uh, Dayspring and I kind of have a very interesting relationship about it, at least my upbringing with, you know, all the X-Men and Scarlet Witch. Like, it's so weird to see people talking about her. And this is like the first show. The movies always have like a very centric focus on a certain character, but this is the first time the MCU is kind of tackling a character that's been really kind of sidelined for a while and they're mm-hmm. getting the spotlight. So I think it's like introducing people to like these new characters and some people don't have as much of an attachment to these individuals as they would like an Iron Man, a Thor, a Hulk, like them having their own standalone film is entertaining. But for Wanda and Vision, they really haven't had a moment to like grow. And this has been awesome that people have been responding so well to it and saying like, it's been one of their favorite things to watch. I love that Wanda's getting the spotlight right now. I, I just think it's awesome. I was at Timothy Olton um, in Paramus, New Jersey, buying furniture <laughs> for my new apartment. <laughs> there was this couple talking to one of the designers there and they were talking about WandaVision. Mm-hmm. And I literally, like, of course, you know, like I'm in sweats, you know, like a mask, <laughs> like my hair is disheveled and like total COVID look. And I just turn around and be like, are you talking about the Scarlet Witch? <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're the Kim K meme where she's like coming out of the bushes. Like, <laughs> you should have been you know? like, I'm sorry. I just got expelled from Westview. My look is a little, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I think the, the cultural phenomenon that WandaVision is, it's all eyes are on it. It's a Marvel version of the Mandalorian. Yeah. And people are tuning in. And I was just looking at the news yesterday. First of all, I avoided my DMs. Spoilers are running rampant and so many spoilers have been leaked. One of our favorite vloggers, Grace Randolph, has said she is so shocked that this much leaking is happening for WandaVision. And she theorizes maybe it's a little Disney because it apparently wasn't as mm-hmm. great out the gate, but now it's picking up steam. And I just, I'm enjoying just being part of this culture and, and everyone, every, all eyes are focused on WandaVision. Has anyone actually, and obviously we're not going to, if we, if we have seen it, we're not going to talk about it on here, but has anyone even been curious to actually check those leaks out? I have. Yes. I have to. <laughs> Dayspring, Dayspring and I have, uh, have made memes to each other I, over the phone privately. We'll be like <laughs> quoting the, the exact 
leaks that we see. I'm one of those people that, you know, I will spoil stuff for myself all the time. I say to myself, it's fine. It's one thing to hear about it. It's another to actually see it. So, Oh, for sure. sure. I agree. Well, did you see they actually came out with – there was a leak. I I don't even know. I don't know if it's real, but it looked pretty legit. What are those little things called? The mini-mates, yes. Yes. Mini-mates. Nightfall hasn't seen it. No, I have. They, they they, They proved it was false. Oh, oh, they oh, proved it was the, false. The Scarlet yeah. Witch and Mephisto. Yeah, they proved that one. They said that one okay. was fake. The one that was real was the the Funko. Mini Bates being fake. That's not nothing new. I mean, like, <laughs> I feel like it's such an easy product package to replicate, and they're oh, always sure. saying things like that. Like that, those have been happening since Endgame. Well, I was well, actually kind of excited. I was like, that's a, that's a pretty cool costume. That's how she's gonna look, you know, from here on out. <laughs> and we can go into this, but I was gonna say one of my things I was thinking about was the fact that I think. And I'm calling right now. I think that episode, the Halloween episode, um, they're going to mention what they're dressed up as, and she's going to say Scarlet Witch. Yes. She's or she's going to moniker I that. I think so too. I have. I a think different theory on that. Well, yours isn't as good as mine. But... <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. First of all, let's sure. just dive into the episode. Sure. Let, let, let's dive into the episode, episode five, which is titled "A Very Special Episode." So we open at the Wanda Vision resident where we see the joys of parenting. Wanda with her half pony and 80s realness cuddling Tommy. Vision with his wacky parenting techniques is cuddling Billy. And the twins just don't stop crying. So in an attempt to make the twins stop crying, Wanda tries to make them go to sleep. But uh uh-oh, they're immune to her power. Thankfully, though, hot mess Agnes comes waltzing in to save the day and says she can help out with the kids. But Viz just goes on full helicopter parent and doesn't want anyone to touch the babies. Bewitched, bewildered, and confused, Agnes asks Wanda if she should take it from the top. And it was a very tense moment. And the way Elizabeth Olsen kind of like laughs it off and, you know, goes with Vision off to the side. And it was just so masterful and so well done. And, you know, before Vision can really pry any further, we find out that the twins have aged up to about five years old. So over in IRL land at the makeshift sword facility in front of the Westview Hex, Monica is having a scan and is asked if she remembers what she went through in Westview. And she says all she remembers is Wanda's voice and pain, like lots of pain, and that she couldn't resist Wanda. So Darcy and Agent Wu, I'm sorry, Dr. Darcy (laughs) and Agent Wu come in, inviting her to a security briefing just before the doctor who performed the CAT scan on Monica says it's blank and would like to do more tests and blood work, but Monica, you know, refuses. (laughs) So you cut to the briefing. Sorry, I don't know where that was from. (laughs) Cut to the briefing. Wanda is no longer viewed as a victim, but rather as the chief victimizer. We get a brief history on her life, her brother, her parents dying, becoming a revolutionist, all the way through current events. And it's everything we've seen in the movies. Captain Rambeau says she doesn't believe Wanda is bad. She has no political agenda. And it was Wanda who protected her from the fall. Meanwhile, director Hayward then shows security footage of Wanda raiding the sword HQ for Vision's body, which goes against the Sokovia Accords and Vision's wishes to not be weaponized after death. 
So vision over in Westview is slowly coming to the realization that something is wrong, especially after he predicts Agnes will come in with exactly what they need for the new family dog, Sparky. And Wanda then conjures a name tag for the dog right in front of Agnes. And Vision is like, well, what the fuck, Wanda? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this, Wanda? We agreed to conceal our identities. Like you just revised the plot without telling me. And Wanda and Vision sort of spat a little bit, but it, it sort of culminates with them telling the twins that they can't have a dog until they're at least 10 years old, to which the twins just look at themselves and they age up. So we go back to Dr. Lewis, Agent Wu, and Captain Rambeau, and they're analyzing the events of Endgame, you know, speculating about Wanda's powers and, you know, how they've grown and how she's never wielded that kind of power before. For our listeners, right now, they just know that Wanda has telekinesis and telepathy. And the fact that she's displaying a whole new power set is mind-boggling. Agent Rambeau then realizes her outfit from the Westview anomaly was a manipulation of her bulletproof vest. And this gives her two ideas. One, to text a aerospace engineer. And B, another plan that we'll see come to fruition as the episode progresses. So at Vision's office, something called the internet is coming online and he's teaching his coworker how to use email when they get a private email from S.W.O.R.D. talking about the Westview anomaly. I'm sorry, it's the Maximoff anomaly. And Vision touches his coworker's head and performs some kind of, you know, Vision mojo. And his coworker, who's named Norm, starts saying, oh, my God, my sister, I, I, I'm here. She has me trapped. I need to find out what's going on with my dad. He's ill. And Vision starts to realize that these people are under Wanda's control. So we cut to the S.W.O.R.D. facility, and they're sending in a drone to attack Wanda. And girlfriend is not having it. She goes full on mama bear, leaves the hex, confronts sword and tells them to leave her the fuck alone. Like that scene was so intense, guys. Oh, yeah. I got chills. So Little chills. <laughs> and, and we know what that scene paralleled that we'll, we'll talk about in a second. So we get a commercial break for Lagos Paper Towels, which is much more absorbent than the leading paper towels, starring our favorite social media influencer who ignores us, Victoria Blaze! (laughs) (laughs) Back in Westview, Wanda and the twins are looking for Sparky through the neighborhood, but we find out he got into Agnes's azalea bushes and ate too many leaves. Wanda uses this time to impart some motherly wisdom to her children about life and death, of which the twins ask her to resurrect their dog. Later at home, Vision buries the dog and begins to tell Wanda that he knows something's up and things get really heated. And Vision is ready to fight Wanda because he's terrified by the fact that he doesn't have a clue of what's going on and doesn't even remember his life before Westview. But before we can get answers from Wanda, the doorbell rings and it's her brother, Pietro, played by Evan Peters, who has come by for an unexpected visit and scene. All right. That was good. What? All right. Let's start with just general. We can go through it all, but let's start with general feels. Nightfall, let's start with you. What did you think of the episode as a whole? Meh. No, I'm joking. (laughs) That was a great. (laughs) I'm like, I have four pages of notes here. (laughs) Um, 
he checked. That was a great episode. That, I mean, and we talked about this like with episode four, which was really great because it established the bound, like a, a lot of kind of information for you to understand what was going on outside and then kind of process everything. It was just so straightforward that there was kind of not a lot to talk, talk about. But this one, not only did it bring so much information, it also gave so many more questions that you wouldn't imagine having. And I just, I think it was exactly what like we have been talking about where it, it escalates what i love and this is just a general idea here is that every episode it's like they kind of speed up to the like the the exciting moments like the la the first episode was like the last like few minutes were kind of where things got tense and then the second episode it kind of got there a little closer and like every episode just started off more and more i mean like right off the bat it was like agnes was just like want to take it up from the top this bitch just ruined my line like scene <laughs> you know it's it's just like we didn't even have a moment before we were reminded that uh, everything here is messed up or there's something wrong Ascani, Ascani's son i, I you know <laughs> or wait the Ascani son the Ascani. <laughs> i you know i mean talk about you know edge on your seat i mean this just i i gotta say i like that this was the longest episode so far of yes. the uh, yes it's like what 42 yes. minutes um yeah um why do this... we care about episode length now like do you really we're all caring <laughs> about him, myself and included because we want more we want it we want more we didn't want it to stop i mean it was just I was just like, oh my god really i just wanted to keep going and going i mean no i agree i mean i love that you know it keeps you asking questions you know and i loved in the beginning where you know agnes comes in and you know she's like Oh, I, I know that you know they need to go because of the sound of my ear. You know, they I can hear them, yeah. and then all of a sudden it gets that awkwardness. And she also I don't know if you guys picked up on it, but it seemed like she was kind of almost, at least from what I got, that she was kind of afraid. Yeah. That she was kind of asking, yeah, yeah, want me to take it from the top? Uh, do you want me to hold the babies? Yeah, you know, there I felt this kind of fear, you know, from from her a little bit, like she was just kind of, I don't want to mess up, or she's going to you know do something to me, um, and just to kind of go back to the beginning um, with the episode four recap, did anybody catch that at the end where vision asks about Geraldine Wanda's response was she's gone. She didn't belong here instead of mm -hmm. what we heard before. Yeah. The, oh honey, she had to go. She had to rush home. Yeah. yeah. And I kind of have a theory about that, you know, that maybe this is, you know, when she kind of brought herself out of her reality a little bit and that's really what she said. But then when, right you know, the broadcast, you know, we're, as we're seeing it, it was just interesting that, you know, for me, I guess, you know, we're seeing it as the broadcast too. So how we saw it mm -hmm. first is us seeing how everything's happening in Wanda's, you know, reality, but that little bit was the break. I, um, I did not, I, I picked up on it being different. I didn't really give it much thought. And I think your thought is this show is completely meta. It's oh, yeah. Yeah. layers yeah. of meta and it's, you can just look, go back, and even one, you know, viewing of it doesn't do it justice. The second one, you start picking up on things, and the third, you're like, whoa, like, how did I miss all that? And did anybody catch that look that Monica gave when they brought up Captain Marvel? Oh, yes. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. There, I, I think there's so much in these. Let, let's go scene by scene here, okay. because I think we are all, like, dying to talk about everything. Yes. Um, so the opening scene... I think we establish that Wanda cannot control the twins. I love right. that. Mm -hmm. I mean, because you even saw that she was like, why aren't you doing what I want you to do? 
Yeah. You know, she seemed well, like she generally just was so confused by this. Like she had no power against them whatsoever. Didn't, did you say, I know you mentioned while she was in labor in one of our episodes that she, uh, that it was Billy doing it. Did you also mention that Billy was the one that did the butterflies? My theory was that Billy was exhibiting powers from the womb, much like Phoebe's baby in season four. Right. Where... <laughs> even, when, even when Piper was pregnant, you know, yeah. her child was big in those force fields, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I like that the twins are something she can't control. They're obviously a byproduct of that world because they're not casted yet. But mm-hmm. the other thing I liked about that scene when thinking of control, that, that scene was all about Wanda not able to control the situation. The biggest one being Vision because for as much planning she had, for as much planning as she had, she could not anticipate his paternal instincts kicking in. Yeah. Him mm-hmm. not wanting... I was going to say Catherine Hahn, Agnes to touch me. <laughs> Catherine Hahn can touch any baby. Like, I mean, she's fucking fabulous. Oh yes. Taming this tiger. Arr, I was just like, I love that as every like era, she, her personality or the level of humor she displays is relevant to that era's like mm-hmm. sense of humor and like the funniness, like the innuendo she was making or like, it's like the dark liquor, not for me, for the baby, for the twins. What kind of babysitter do you think? I, it's like all these jokes you've heard a version of, but it's like indicative of the time period. And like, I love that she's kind of always up to speed with it. It makes her feel very like exciting. She's like the character you want to see the most of. Even more so than like Wanda. Oh yeah. Every decade that we see her in, it just amps up her comedy just that, you know, bit more. It's just, she is definitely a treat on that show. She, did you notice that every time Viz kept pressing Wanda more and more, it cut to her, like Wanda was actually controlling the situation, making more like excuses for them to break away from that conversation. So Viz could like not ask any more questions. On such a like inside joke, that was such a Valerie cherished moment where like you could see her eyes just like there was one moment where she was just staring and I was just like, this is like Valerie Cherish where she gets put on the spot in the comeback and she doesn't know how to respond. I was like, she's like, editors, someone do something. (laughs) Oh, but yo, man, like her acting in that was so great. That scene was so tense. Mm -hmm. Like I felt it as an audience member. I was like, What's ha- this is awkward. You know, when you're in a conversation yes. and something happened and you're like, oh, I got to inch my way out of here. Just cringing too. <laughs> well, the babies even stopped crying. Like everything, like the audience laughter, everything. Like there was, it was almost like it was white noise in the background, just to further mm-hmm. emphasize like how painful and <laughs> awkward that situation was. So the Ascani son, when the babies stopped crying before, so they stopped crying a couple of times when they kind of had that awkward moment. And then obviously when they aged up, did you think what I thought which was if one is not thinking of the kids, the kids don't exist. Ooh. You know, it's so I will say this. I just ordered the Vision and Scarlet Witch trade. Oh yes, <laughs> I have that somewhere here. <laughs> to kind of, you know, catch myself up on that. Um, I didn't really I mean, that makes sense when you said that. Uh I did I honestly I didn't think of it at first. I thought that maybe uh, I knew something was happening, you know, with them, but with what you said, yeah, that, that would make sense. But what I like though, is when they turn around and see them older, I liked how Agnes just seemed like she was phased at all by it. Like mm-hmm. it was just, Oh, you can't control them. Kids, kids will be kids, I guess. Control them. <laughs> they just grow so fast. 
I love that we're talking about Catherine Hahn because I thought she was the scene stealer in this opening. Oh, for sure. Mm, yeah, absolutely. It, mm-hmm. But one thing I was looking for, obviously, when we have Agnes on, on screen, the one thing we're looking for is that brooch. I didn't see the brooch. I didn't I even, well, the earrings the, were very big and assert, but I, I paused as much as I could. I don't know if the earrings were supposed to stand in for the brooch. She didn't have it on when she brought in the, uh, the doghouse. I actually, I, I didn't even notice it. Myself. She did have it. She did have, she it, didn't have she... it in her second outfit, not in the first okay, one. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. But there's but... been outfits too in, pr- in prior episodes that she doesn't have the brooch visible. Right. Okay. Okay. One thing that's really interesting is how she kind of was like monopolizing the kids. Like she was putting such an emphasis on being a part of them and like her mm-hmm. spraying a thing. And she's like, I spray this on Ralph or Ralph sprays this on me too. It's like, it, it further emphasize I think it's like a very like witchy thing. Like I think it's something, you know, it's a subtle thing, but it's I think it's something very like she's trying to control the kids or have possession over the kids to an extent. Look, I just loved her big 80s hair. I mean, that was some oh, 80s realness. The right leg warmers? There. Come yes. on, mama. <laughs> I was like, and it was in the that. it was in the Agatha color, right, Paul? Yeah, because that's that came to mind too when I saw yeah the, the blue uh, on her. I'm like, I want that's very Agatha Harkness. Right Most there. of her colors have been like black earth tones, like very like witchy, like Salem y kind of dresses. So this was okay. like the first one that she was more like yeah. Kind of. So they're not even hiding the fact anymore. I mean, the cat's name is Scratch. She has a brooch, and the colors of her outfit in this particular scene were purple black and like she had like a blue like shawl on like she's mm-hmm. she's agatha i mean i just yeah i just wish they'd just say it <laughs> i don't but you know what why do they do that they did this with uh mj in the spider-man oh, home, yeah. you know far from home you know series like come on like just say it just own it i don't get it right. well i guess maybe it's a sony thing with that but anyways so i finally got what i wanted which was a Full House reference. Did you guys oh, yeah. pick up on the Full House yep. reference? You might, by time, I think I might have missed it. So it's in the intro where they're kind of, you know, going through the, the opening credits and they're in like the Westview Park and they go running towards the camera. Oh, okay. That, that's the okay. Full House season one opening. And that's then when true. it pans out, it's sort of like the shot of Full House where they're all like in San Francisco having the picnic and they kind of pay homage oh, to that. Okay, yeah, okay. I'm not, now I'm, I'm not remembering that. So and now we're, that's all I wanted. That's all I fucking wanted was- Did you guys get like done. a Family Ties kind of yes. vibe yeah. with it too? Mm-hmm. Family Ties I love growing pains. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I love the photos. They're, well, I, I think those were uh, her actual like baby and, ki- and yes. teenager photos right yeah think, yep. and then the one they did on vision was just so like it's just so funny <laughs> the internet blew actually, up with that, that was actually paul bettany <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> so with monica's scans coming back blank what what are our theories the skinny son let's hear it oh man i thought about this too i was like i wonder if so, you know, I have theories about the whole, you know, Wanda, Pietro getting their powers with the, uh, one of the, was it the, was it the Mind Stone that mm-hmm. they, mm-hmm. so I'm wondering if somehow when Wanda ejected her from Westview, did she activate somehow inner photon abilities within uh, Captain Rambo? So that's, I'm wondering if that's, if that's uh, why that somehow it's inner power energy somehow starting to surge when they're come come about um so that's i'm not yeah that's that's what i that's what i was kind of going with it there so who knows i thought it was awesome 
I thought it was referencing the fact that something from like coming out of her bubble was like causing them to like be different because she was uh, manipulated. But then I thought a lot about it. And I was like, actually, isn't that kind of like a hint? Cause they didn't really like, they didn't focus on it so much. So I felt like it was more of an Easter egg to lay in that she is developing or has already developed Mm -hmm. her superpowers. Yeah. And does she know that she has potential superpowers or doesn't? I'm just I'm I'm overall like just curious about it and because as you said she has that moment with uh the team where they're talking about Captain Marvel and mm-hmm. she's just like Mm-mm. what was that response yeah. I yeah to me I'm wondering if there's some kind of animosity that she's feeling towards you know Carol um because if you think about it you know she blips back in and you know, she finds out that her mother's dead did mm-hmm. is she upset that Carol never reached out to her, never came to see her, you know, knowing that all these people are coming back um, when Hulk reversed Thanos uh, snap. And so, yeah, that's, I mean, that's what I was thinking. Maybe she's got some kind of anger, you know, now towards, you know, Captain Marvel, like, bitch, where you been? (laughs) (laughs) She passed away because of cancer, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. So could have it like also been from working with Captain Marvel because she had like, like the cosmic, radiation or stuff like that too maybe because they never specify they say cancer but like it could have well been also a byproduct of working with her i mean perhaps i don't know i don't i don't know if the evidence is necessarily there in the story but you know sure i mean we've seen those stories of people who've worked at you know specific sites that were you know with radiation poisoning and they would eventually get sick years later or more susceptible to cancer but what I loved about just like this episode in general was the feeling that we were on the brink of getting something like really like fucking big. And, you know, I, I don't even know where to begin with this. Like, I, like, I feel like I'm just going like crazy with like fan speculations and theories. And what do you guys think is sort of like, who do you think the bad guy is here at Westview? Hmm. Well, I think, you know, I, I was always saying that Wanda was, was the cause of it. I, I always felt like Wanda was definitely played a big role. It seems though more and more, it's like, it's kind of like a tier of like, she's the puppet master, but then there's someone right above her. And like, she doesn't even know. Cause she said in the episode, she was like, I don't even know how this all started. And that yeah. like, that's not a throwaway line. That's like a, a line to show that she is, you know, just as susceptible to the events that are occurring here. I actually don't like the director. I I feel like this time around, they really show that the director was an, a good so guy. That's where and, I wanted to go with that. And yeah. I wanted to I wanted to say, it's interesting that when uh, Darcy was like, oh yeah, he's, uh, instead of saying asshole, it's, they, they say terrorist. And I think that was an interesting word that takes over. It's almost implied like they're calling, like they wanted to direct the attention that he's the terrorist within mm-hmm. like, what's going on, I guess, the one causing the trouble. Yeah, I like that. I mean, you start to think that, yeah, Wanda is becoming, you know, the villain here that, you know, as no Monica Rambeau said at the end of episode four, that is Wanda, it's all Wanda. But, you know, is it really, you know, all Wanda? What if, like you said, Nightfall, that, you know, maybe she's, you know, she has an aspect of control, but she's not the one that's fully doing everything, that there's some you know, other player behind the scenes that's um, mm-hmm. manipulating the events here or even possibly her somehow without without her even knowing. And, you know, yeah, I agree with director Hay- Haywood. I mean, there's definitely something sinister about him 
that uh, he, he seems like he's one of those shoot first, ask questions later. Because <laughs> when I, the, the, the part with the, uh, the drone where they sent one in to uh, locate Wanda and how Monica wanted to communicate with her and just communicate and that's it. And then all of a sudden, you know, Hayward's like, take the shot, take the shot. And Monica didn't even know that there were, it was weaponized. I mean, yeah, he's there, there's something going on with him. I mean, I don't even think he's a character in the comics at all. I think he's new. So, I mean, which I think gives them, you know, reign to kind of have him be whoever they really want him to be, if it's a character from the series or not. But yeah, I de- there's definitely something big with him. And I noticed too, and not to detract from that, but when they show the room again with the, the um, people that they ID'd, I still noticed Dottie is not on there uh, ID'd. So I'm wondering, you know, what, is she- Devil's in the detail. Yeah, exactly. She's the key to everything. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Emma Coffey. They They did yeah. also place a big importance on her in one of the, like the promos for the Halloween episode. Um, oh, I haven't seen they that. put it they show well it's been in like the the five to six promo kind of thing they show a shot of her like in the garden with like her yeah. gloves mm-hmm. on and everything and they they kind of reference that and we haven't seen her since and also Agnes was another one that's on there but like you can see there's no name like she has no name right. she has no yep. record and nothing yep. attached to it it's just a photo pretty much a photo of her so it's those two are interesting ones I think she's that- a wish has been alive for like thousands of years <laughs> I love that. I think the director is going to step up to be one of the big bads of this series. And the reason I want to hear what you guys are theorizing for her adopting the Scarlet Witch moniker, because I feel after the director was kind of like seeing Agent Wu, he's eventually going to start saying, all right, target that Scarlet Witch. You know, I feel he's going to be the one who Mm. names her. Out True. of like spite, like call her like burn the witch kind of mentality. Mm, that's a good theory. Because like I, I still think like that the Halloween episode, which I think is going to be like the '90s era, um, and it's going to be the next one that we get. I, I definitely, you know, they're all wearing kind of like their Vision and Wanda are wearing their, their comic like, accurate their comic outfits. So it's like there's going to be something. I was like, oh, what are you dressed up as? I'm sure she's going to say, I'm dressed up as a witch. She's not going to say Scarlet Witch, but she's going to say, I'm dressed up as a mm-hmm. witch. And and then, you know, somehow that's going to translate into giving her her moniker. I completely forgot that she's never been given a title like yeah. that. No, uh, they specifically they recapped everything for the audience in a very masterful way. Yeah. I believe they even named their parents, the twin yeah. parents, which we haven't had that name, those names given before. And Ascani, I want to go back to what you said about Captain Marvel not being there for Monica in Wake of the Snap. I, I just remembered it's only been like three weeks since yeah. the snap. Spider-Man Far From Home takes place months after the snap. So this mm. is before Spider-Man Homecoming. And of course, we know what happens at the end of Spider-Man Homecoming. We have J. Jonah Jameson out yeah. there so now i'm wondering has a multiverse been broken for much longer in the mcu than we know as it's like universe? bled it i think it's bled in is kind of what's you happened, think it's going to be maybe. bleeding in i feel like it's going to be obvious that the multiverse took place but it's going to be that um for lack of a better comparison the bernstein and bernstein uh <laughs> phenomenon where like no one can remember which like why they say they pronounce it differently i feel like that's going to be this like odd deja vu thing like the mandela they're gonna, effect. yeah mandala effect where it's like they all kind of can't come in and like no one's gonna remember like oh they've always been here but he's 
from another dimension in there. And that's going to kind of retcon why certain characters are in certain places so that it's not awkward or doesn't cause a whole like uh, ruckus, if you will. No, I, yeah, I agree. I wouldn't be surprised if this is, you know, starting the multiverse is starting to slowly crack and things are starting to bleed in through. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that was, you know, one of the big things, you know, and, and, you know, Dayspring, you mean, you could very well, you know, be right about that, um, which I find very interesting. And I really hope that this kind of, you know, plays out more because, I mean, obviously we know that Wanda is going to be, I think the antagonist, you know, in Dr. Strange, you know, too. Uh, with I'm sure there's going to be an actual main villain. I don't. Is, is she supposed to even be in Spider-Man three? I heard a rumor that that she might even you know appear in that. Uh, in so what? What? I was just talking about this with Legion on Zoom. The both are shooting right now. I think Doctor Strange is happening after. So the way I'm seeing is that Spider-Man is coming this December supposedly sorry my, my miami girl came out. supposedly supposedly coming, supposedly it's coming in oh, yeah, supposedly we're getting spider-man <laughs> spider-man 3 is coming in december and then doctor strange 2 which i don't know if yeah. that was the order originally before these movies were pushed back so i think and i've said this you know countless times before and i think what's gonna happen here it's so obvious that it's gonna be agnes versus wanda those are going to be our two powerhouses. Just the way the narrative is focusing on Agnes. Do you want to place a bet, bitch? <laughs> but I think Agnes, and I, I've said this before, I think Agnes is going to stand up to Wanda. Because now we know, yeah. because when we were seeing the trailers initially, everyone thought Agnes was the one pulling the strings with the way it was cut. Now we know right. it's not. She's actually being like, is everything okay? Like, should I take it from the top? So I think... Agnes is going to have enough and we're going to find mm -hmm. out she's a badass witch and she's going to be like, listen, Wanda, stand down. I'm going to protect these people. Your WandaVision is going to have major ramifications in, in MCU, in the MCU. So we know that despite whatever happens here, it has to carry over to Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. And that's where the multiverse is broken. So... Oh yeah, you know, you know, there's going to be a point where she's just going to everything's going to be revealed. She's Agatha Harkness. She's going to be like, you know what? Fuck this, Scarlet bitch. Let's go catch these hands right here. <laughs> <laughs> so we finally, though, I've been asking this question, and Paul Bettany mentioned the scene. We finally found out what's where Vision's body is at. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I'm so glad you mentioned this because I want to talk about this too. <laughs> go 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 go. So from your, I think you guys mentioned this in your last recap episode. You had mentioned, uh, one of you did, um, that they were supposed to show a scene at the end of Endgame, Endgame. where, oh, right, of uh, Wanda snatching uh, Vision's corpse there, if you even want to call him a corpse. <laughs> uh, and then when you saw that scene, because now, because remember in the trailer, you see Wanda, you know, she's floating in somewhere, this kind of facility where I have all these like different. Uh, you know, like mailbox looking things in the, <laughs> on the walls. And when that played out, I'm like, I wonder if we're going to see a version of that in like kind of real time, not just on the, uh, uh, as a um, security footage, but actually like see her actually going in there. And I, you, and I, when they, when they showed that, I remembered you guys talking about that. And I'm like, I'm so glad that that's so cool that they finally, you know, show something like that because yeah, I'm wondering, you know, how is he, how is he there? And then of course you see what he really is. And now you see, okay, she she snatched him up, and now she's doing whatever she is. She's doing to him. Could you um, see his body yeah. in there? I didn't. Like, I didn't pause it enough. Broken up. So it, it's broken up. You can see his head and torso and limbs all like yep. pulled apart. 
like mm-hmm. Buffy, or uh, like Buffy's uh, Android self. <laughs> oh yes, oh, traumatizing the Buffy bot. <laughs> that traumatized me. <laughs> yeah, no. So Scunny, I wanna, I wanna kind of like jump off of what you were saying, which is, I don't know if we're gonna revisit like the scene of her stealing Vision's corpse, body, Android, whatever. But I think what we're gonna see is eventually Wanda's gonna be like, listen. I'm going to blow some shit up and like, is going right. to leave like how we saw it at the end of Avengers disassemble where she'll just come out and she's floating above and she's going to unleash her, her power and like raid the, the makeshift storm facility. I, you know, I I'm happy we got to see where vision's body was because that was the first question I had. Right. I was like, okay, if I'm agent Wu, I'm going to say, okay, vision's there where his remains at. So I'm glad they addressed that. My next question though, how did she reassemble? It, 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 never mind that she didn't have an infinity stone. How did, I, if my iPod broke right now, excuse me, I'm such a grandpa, my iPod. If my <laughs> iPhone, if my iPhone broke right now, I wouldn't know how to fix it. Like, like did she, so someone else has to be pulling the strings here. Well, well you're not the uh, Scarlet Witch, though. Right, I'm the Scarlet Bitch. You're not the Scarlet Technician. Um, <laughs> But I think, you know, there's that scene, remember where uh, Monica was talking about how like when she was pulled in, she was like, I felt grief. And for a split second, you see Wanda like in kind of a normal outfit. It looks like the outfit she wore when she was going into the, the like the area to get Vision's body. Um, she was like kind of screaming or she was angry. She's And she said grief specifically, which is what I've been kind of referencing where I was like, all this is gonna be a byproduct of her grief and, and rage of not having a normal life. And I mean, I was like, she's going to take vision's body and bring it back. And then she can't, she even said it herself, like you can't undo the dead. So I think, I don't think that was like her way of trying to be like, I'm trying to teach you guys a lesson to like, know that you guys can't have a dog. I think she legitimately is like, I can't bring back the dead in that, in that situation. Here's the thing about that scene with the dog. How old are the twins when they, when they uh, get them? How old do they say that Wanda was when she and Pietro lost her parents? She was 10. So Wanda is speaking to them about loss at that age and why you feel the need to run away. And then the twins obviously bring up the, the resurrection thing. And what I found particularly interesting about that, if we're paying attention to just the world building they're doing in WandaVision, is Wanda's powerful. She can manipulate reality but it doesn't seem like she can create life or bring back the dead. Because if she could, we would get Aaron Taylor Johnson's Pietro, not a quote unquote recast, which let, we can dive into that. But she would have her parents back. Yep. She would have her brother back. So vision, I wonder, and here's my theory since, and I hate to say it like this, since vision is more of a robot, and he's, his matter could be manipulated, is she manipulating his manner, ma- matter? And if he steps out, he's actually going to disintegrate. You know, he's going to go back to just being a corpse. Mm-hmm. It's I don't Mephisto. Know. It's Mephisto. Well, I, I definitely think... She, she made a deal with the devil. She, in her rage, she couldn't get vision back. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think. There's some. I think whoever the big baddie is, I think they played a role in bringing vision back. Mm-hmm. Not her, but she gets to have vision as if like a, you know, like her, Mm. it's like someone put the pieces back for her and she gets her toy back, but she didn't put the pieces back is what I I think happened in that situation. Because there's a lot of uh, red herrings, I think, 
throughout the whole thing. What did the director say? She brought back Vision, but yeah. she didn't bring back the dog. And I mean, I know the whole idea that she's trying to teach them a lesson, but she kind of, I felt like she didn't have the ability to bring back the dog. She didn't okay. have the I'm going to go somewhere dark with this. Go ahead. Do we think Do Wanda purposely killed the dog? Actually, you know what's so funny is for a second there, I thought it was when the drone went off on her. Yeah. It actually yeah. killed the dog. Oh, I was wondering what I was wondering what I didn't even think like that. what happened with the shot. Yeah, it was a missile. That was my didn't they say it was like that. a missile or something? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I, I didn't know what to make of that scene. Like. Agnes Catherine Hahn played it so well, but I was like, is there something going on there? Mm-hmm. Either way, that scene though, I have to tell you, Elizabeth Olsen is playing oh. Wanda, playing a 90s mom, knowing she's playing a 90s mom while delivering life advice to her children. I mean, that the layers in that acting, and Elizabeth oh, yeah. Olsen has said this in other interviews where she literally rehearses for like 15 hours for just one scene. And you see the fruition of all that hard work. When she is delivering that to Tommy and Billy, it's not that I think she feels sad. I think she has so much more bombolating under the surface. My uh, standpoint is that, you know, she's just, you know, talking a personal experience. Oh, you know, as Wanda, um, you know, everything that she's kind of gone through and trying to, I think in a way, kind of protect them, you know, mm-hmm. you know, a bit. Cause you can tell, you know, she's like, no, no, do not age up. You know, you cannot run away from this. And, and you were saying the thing about her, 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 you know, acting and all stuff. I loved when she came out and she had her accent. Yes. I thought that was such a great little yeah. layer right there of like mm-hmm. that. She is even twisting her own perception to fit into this role that she thinks she yeah. needs to live in. And then the second she's out of that bubble, it's like, you still hear her accent. It's like, that's good. Like that, yeah. that moment was really just masterful how that played out. Well, and she did mm. that before with the twins and she was singing right. in Sokovian and it, it, it just happened so seamlessly. She said, Elizabeth Olsen, I phenomenal. mean, phenomenal. That no one could, I, she was a really great cast. I didn't know what to expect of her, but she was a really great cast. I, you know, I gotta say, I mean, I think originally they wanted a uh, Saoirse Ronan to play Wanda. Yeah. Uh, but, and, you know, I have to say, I, when I found that, found out Elizabeth Olsen was going to be cast, I mean, I didn't really even think much of it. I was like, okay, that's cool. You know, she's, you know, one of the Olsen sister. And I didn't really expect much, honestly, from her in the beginning. But I got to say, I'm so glad she proved me wrong because she has just been killing it, you know, mm-hmm. as the Scarlet oh. Witch. And I mean, she's really become my favorite part of, you know, the Avenger, you know, films and anything that showcases her. And this, I, I know WandaVision is going to be my favorite, you know, Marvel series you know on disney plus so i mean she's just brings so many layers and just the way she shifts from one performance to the next you know like nightfall said how she came out of the the barrier and she was just back as her original you know scarlet witch wanda maximoff self accent and everything i mean it was just and her such body language. language yeah oh that her, little her, twist yeah. I, I exactly the way she just twisted her arm she was like fuck y'all <laughs> you know i'm at i'm going back so home. sassy it was i mean she's just she's been such so just so wonderful to see on screen and you know just on television i, I just i've been loving her performance let's talk about oh. the scene in front of the sword facility because i think all of us probably picked up that it is a straight homage to the x-men one movie with magneto 
turning the guns on the police. And yep. the police. Oh, yes. I normally, you know, I marinated on that when I saw it online, when I saw it, obviously when I was watching it. But WandaVision has proven to be a series that is so rich with Easter eggs and nods. And especially given that ending, there is no way that that wasn't a direct nod to X-Men 1. I completely agree. I've always said this, but it's like the amount of love and attention they put into just a show that, again, Wanda and Vision are not these, like, they're great characters, but they, to a general public that watch the MCU movies, they're not the star-studded cast that you would have wanted to see on the big screen right off the bat. But I'm so happy they've opened the doors for these characters to get this time. Again, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Olsen is, like, phenomenal. I mean, mm, she yeah. knows that character so well in and out, and the the time and energy they put into the show to create this authenticity it's it's very like satisfying just to finally see everything i i was like i want more tv shows i don't want you don't have to give me movies every year you can just give me a tv show like every few months and i'm happy with this agreed (laughs) and going off of that and all the details and everything that's in wandavision the commercial this week Mm -hmm. lagos for you know absorbent paper towels for the mess you didn't mean to make that yeah. was so shady <laughs> i was like damn like and it was a, re- it was a red liquid it was a red liquid too like it was a oh juice. oh I didn't even think yeah mm-hmm. but i was just like wow like i'm sorry wanda so i think at this point what do we think these commercials are i mean so for our listeners um let me just finish connecting the dots where Civil War began, where Wanda sort of blew up a building by accident, was Lagos. And she obviously felt very traumatized and guilty from this event. And I feel that is a common denominator with all of the mm-hmm. with all mm-hmm. of these commercials. Well, there are definitely aspects of her life, you know, you yeah. know, big moments, you know, with Hydra, you know, Strucker, you know, now you have, you know, Lagos, you know, these are moments that have really, you know, impacted her and really kind of formed, you know, the, the character, the woman that she is now, you know, with, uh, you know, these particular uh, moments and, you know, factions that she's been, you know, part of. I just realized they're in sequential order to kind of the levels of trauma she's dealt with. Like mm-hmm. the first one being Tony Stark, which was the bomb that yep. was supposed to kill her and her brother. And then Strucker, who kind of housed them and gave them powers. And then Hydra, which is who they kind of were alliance with. Um, and then this one was Lago. So I'm curious. I can't think That's of a great what- note. I didn't even think about that until now. Yeah, it's in order of her I life. can't. Yeah. The, the next one was that because of Lagos, wasn't she like institutionalized or kind of like, I don't know if there was a specific name to that. Maybe it'll be S.H.I.E.L.D. Like maybe it'll be S.H.I.E.L.D. will be the next commercial or something like that. Um, mm. They were arrested at the end because of them rebelling her and like Ant-Man and, mm-hmm. and so forth. So, cause I'm, I think, I feel like that would be the next thing that would be in that line. I'm just, I'm just theory projecting on what yeah. would be the next type of commercial yeah. in that regard. But there's one little detail that we need to speculate the fuck out of because Ooh. literally everyone, everyone is just asking this question. The aerospace engineer that Monica is texting. Oh, yes. I have a theory. <laughs> okay. Okay. Ascani, go for it. Go for it. I, the first person I came up with, and maybe I'm wrong, I immediately thought of Reed Richards. Same. <laughs> Same. Yep. The only thing I'm going to say about Reed Richards, if we're going to have that baby Yoda moment, it's going to have to be John Krasinski. 
someone who we're going to be like, oh shit, it's finally, he's For finally sure. here. For sure. Do you think, mm-hmm. Ascani, do you think they're just going to, they've already casted Reed Richards? And do you think it's going to be John Krasinski or do you think it's going to be another actor? Do you even fucking care? Look, I, I don't, I don't really, uh, with, I, I honestly, I just want them to cast, you know, some of the, the perfect actor, you know, they think is going to best fill his shoes. No, I think, yeah, I think he'd be great. Um, I mean, I, I have my invisible woman, you know, casting suggestions, but Wait, no, who? I think Jessica Simpson. Oh God. <laughs> Where did Jessica Simpson come from? No, let's, you know, let's get Britney Spears in there. No. Oh, no, poor I, Britney. Oh God. <laughs> I, no, for uh, like I love me American Horror Story, and I'm a big Lily Ray fan. So, Ooh. I would love to see her. Who knows that? Rain. I mean, yeah, I would love. One. I want to see her take. A, I know every, mostly everybody's like, if it's John uh, Krasinski, get Emily Blunt. I like Emily, but to me, Lily's got the acting jobs. I would love her to see her portray uh, Sue Sue Storm. We love American Horror Story, specifically season three, Coven. Yes, that's my favorite one. Oh, Misty. Oh, my God. Misty and Madison. Can you imagine Emma Roberts as Invisible Woman? I've always (laughs) said- Like a young Emma, like a young Invisible Woman. I think Emma Roberts would be a perfect Emma Frost. Oh, for sure. When she was in Scream Queens with like the white hat and everything, and she has Mm -hmm. that wit about her. I think she was too young, but now she's for sure. She's seasoned a little bit. I mean, we're talking this is like seven years later. She does look though a little too young. As a sidebar here, she looks a little too young to be an Emma, but like a young, if they were to ever do a flashback of Emma, I I, I would want her cast like completely. if, If Disney Plus did an Emma Frost series going, you know, into her past, I can see yeah, Emma Roberts playing that uh, a young, a young version of her. I agree. I'm so, you know, Reed Richards is at the top of everyone's list. Mm-hmm. Hank McCoy could be someone. Ooh. So the mm-hmm. big rumor that Grace Randolph said a couple of years ago was that they were going to be introducing the X-Men slowly through Disney plus. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if they're going to test the waters here with maybe like a character like Hank, who is the fucking worst X-Men ever. Oh. <laughs> And maybe bring him in. I look, the dream is Reed Richards, 100%. Yeah. And I hope that's what happens. That was at the bar for the movie, too, in that regard. Well, I think because isn't Fantastic Four part of the next phase of films? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So then I think then this is probably the segue they're going to go when she had mentioned that. So yeah, I think, you know, Reed Richards. But I'm wondering how, though, how they're going to introduce because rumor um, was weren't they supposed to be trapped somewhere and then like, from the 60s and they're somehow going to be brought back and then they're in the, into this new world this new age i mean rumor but i mean they can obviously go in any direction so yeah i uh, think that was peyton reed's pitch right? oh yeah yeah I think, right. I think that was his pitch for it i don't know where they've landed i forgot who they've they've announced as a director for fantastic four but apparently ant-man and wasp quantum mania is supposed to lead into fantastic four as well so okay, oh okay. maybe it could be oh no i was gonna say maybe it could be uh, michael douglas but i don't think he's an aerospace engineer no 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 i definitely no, think i don't think hank towards... pym isn't he's pym particles he's like a physicist no i definitely think they're leaning towards um possibly reed richards since fantastic four is definitely going to be the next you know uh part of the uh, the next phase of films so yeah i mean i'm I was like, awesome. (laughs) 
So how do we feel that now Wanda doesn't seem to be as in control as we all sort of thought she was? Because she has that line where she says, you think I can control this all, of taking people to their dentist appointments to walk their dogs. <laughs> wait, wait. Are you going to gloss over one of the best moments? Her no, rolling no. the her rolling the credits on Vision. <laughs> yes, but, I laughed so hard at that. As a like, sidebar, <laughs> I wish I could have done that when I was living with you, Day Spring. <laughs> the amount of times I wish I could have been like, you don't think so, and then just walk away and just have the credits roll. I thought that was so funny. And like, it was just so witty with how like they were still talking. And it's like a very common thing that happens in those sitcoms where like they're still talking and the banter's there. I loved just like, again, just showing that meta-ness in the fourth wall. And then I, I also love that the kids, along with Vision, but I love that the kids, she can't control. Like, I just love that there's so many things that are showing this reality does suck for her because she can't control every aspect of it um and i think that's a big that is a big indicator that whoever is playing a role is so i i haven't actually clarified this i know her powers in the in the comics have been confirmed to be magic based have they actually been confirmed to be magic based in so in the mcu she's not confirmed to be magic based yet in the mcu so whoever whoever like within the same capacity of her powers someone else is also there manipulating things and that's why it has to be someone that's either magic or some reality warping abilities i i definitely think it's i think mephisto is definitely gonna play i'm I'm thinking that's a great that's a great villain to have i mean because in the comics and correct me if i'm wrong Aren't Billy and Tommy originally, and I mean, I've got the trade. I haven't, you know, I've skimmed through it, but weren't they shards of his soul? Yeah, they were, yeah, they were tied to Mephisto. But I think, I I don't know. I, I think maybe the twins are a byproduct of whatever you know, yes. of, of, of this, of this world and the mastermind behind it. Yes. I do think that they were purposely engineered. Mm-hmm. However, I don't I don't know if I'm sold on the Mephisto theory yet. I am sold on the fact that she made a deal with the devil. Now, who that devil is, whether it's Mephisto, yeah. Mojo, you know, Evan Peters from Days of Future Past, you know, whatever. I, I think Wanda enlisted the help of someone, and that someone is the one pulling the strings here. I think it's my uh, uh, elementary school art teacher, Miss Fenslov. What a bitch she was. She was definitely the devil. So. <laughs> the devil's in the details. Yeah, exactly. That's not the only place he's in. <laughs> like, do you think, like, when the, when Kevin Feige and like the entire production team was putting this together, did they know how much we were going to speculate on this? Like, well, if- they they know. I mean, any fan base or any production that has a fan base as rabid of combing through all these Easter eggs and secrets. That's why there's a lot of red herrings. There's a lot of secrets. One thing we, uh, that I wanted to talk about was also what um, Norm said. Yeah. When he got awakened, he didn't say Wanda cause he could have said Wanda. He said she, and I think that was intentional. Like that. He never mentioned uh, a name. Right. He said she, but so, it, but, but Monica says it was Wanda's voice in her head. Right. But why then didn't he just say, I mean, maybe, it, maybe it's just a choice of dialogue, but I do think the ambiguity is there for a reason. Much like, again, Agnes being there 
so much was to draw attention to the fact that, and they kept making lines where it's like, oh, she saw me do this. The, the twins aged up. She saw me put this together. Like, and she always knows when something needs to be there. Yeah. There's something about her that's suspicious. Also, didn't she say that she lived next door? Her right yeah. to Wanda? Mm-hmm. Why the hell did they walk so far? And she's like over here. She's like, my exactly. azalea bush. What is this bitch like across the, the cul-de-sac? She's like, I need to move. This decade really sucks. I need to go down the street. I, I think she, I think it's to, there's a lot of there things there to kind of draw attention to Agnes, but not explicitly say Agnes is a part of it. It's definitely to make her suspicious. They want us to know, you know, her and know some things about her, but not, you know, really fully, you know, um, fully know yet. And kind of keep her on the back burner a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. They're, they're institutionalizing that huge misdirect. Yes. Another little detail about the, you know, the anomaly is that vision finally points out what we've been talking about, which is there are no children in Westview. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He clocked her for that one. He clocked her. He was not. He's here like, no, there are no children here, Wanda. She goes, you're ridiculous. (laughs) Oh, my God, there are. Just stop. (laughs) Look. And she's just like, the witch. So the way I kind of saw that is that Wanda, you know, took Westview, but she only took the adults. She wasn't going to hurt children. She wouldn't go that far. Sure. I'm like, wonder where would she put them? That's my, you know, because I remember you saying that. And then I'm thinking, I wonder where they would be. <laughs> You're crazy. Somewhere. Go over here. Here's some Wanda Fanta for <laughs> you, too. Enjoy. <laughs> oh, my God. Michael, do you know the Wanda song that uh, Nightfall and I created? Oh, Wanda, Wanda, don't you want <laughs> This reality really sucks. Hot Mama Wanda, make it make not. It. Don't you, Wanda? <laughs> Yes, yes. Make that iTunes hit. <laughs> Girl, it's going to catch on. So, yes. you know, Wanda kind of sits down on the sofa. She's saying that she's not in control of everything that's happening. And the doorbell rings and Vision looks at her and she's like, I didn't do it. You don't believe me. Mm-hmm. By the way, she gets so offended by that. <laughs> <laughs> he has good reason not to believe you. Absolutely. But that's another hint that Wanda does not have control, that there is a puppet master here. Mm -hmm. And of course, Mm -hmm. it opens up to Evan Peters as Pietro. And Darcy's immediate reaction is, she recasted Pietro? (laughs) I I don't think she recasted Pietro because she looked a little confused herself. And I think it was kind of like in The Simpsons when Principal Skinner comes home to his mother Uh, and you know what i'm talking about that episode where the original skinner actually died but they have this mutual understanding that like we're gonna accept that you are the new skinner Mm -hmm. that's how i kind of took that scene where she's here like i know you're not my brother but this is as good as it gets so come on in so what did you i'm curious let's start with you ascani i i want to know what what were your thoughts on those last few minutes Oh my God. I was just like, my first thought was first thing I thought was, is this going to, is this kind of the multiverse break in? Is this, you know, the Fox's, you know, Quicksilver now entering this reality and is his mind been manipulated to fit in with Wanda's reality to be in the new, you know, Quicksilver here, or, you know, it could possibly be another person from the town 
that is now playing, you know, the role, you know, of, you know, Pietro Maximoff. He, I mean, to me, I was just excited. I mean, he looked just like, you know, the Quicksilver from, you know, X-Men Apocalypse. I, was I agree. Like, oh. He did. Yeah. I mean, and and I thought was... he played him exactly the same way. I know right. Grace Randolph is the only person I've seen a review of this episode. So I'm sorry. I keep citing her, but she was here like, Oh, she, he didn't play him the way he was in the movies. I, I have the complete opposite reaction. I thought he sounded exactly like I, Peter Maximoff from days of future past. I, I agree. I haven't seen her review yet. I'm probably going to check that out right after this, but no, I, I absolutely agree. I thought he played that role extremely, you know, similar to how he's, played that character you know from the uh the um new uh, x-men uh, films so i mean it was we knew that he was coming on the show and i know that it was always speculated you know you know is he going to come in as quicksilver is he going to play something else so i mean for me it was just i was happily satisfied to see him in that role again i think that was like one of the biggest like holy shit moments for anyone who just didn't know who was just an average viewer that was probably like such an exciting thing especially how they framed it where it's like you saw the back of his head first. So you like knew something was up. Um, But I was going to say, I actually feel like he played, well, before I get into that, wasn't it, this was the eighties episode. Wasn't also his movie, like the movie he was in, wasn't it also set in the eighties too? Um, um, So X-Men, was it X-Men? X-Men Apocalypse is the eighties. X Men yes, Dark 80s, Phoenix is the nineties. The nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Future yes. of Past is the seventies. Seventies. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I just I thought that I thought there was an interesting correlation between the decades there. But um, going back to what I was going to say, I think he actually. So this goes back to my working theory that I said him coming from a multiverse was going to be casted as the brother, even though he is the brother in a different dimension. He was going to be casted as the brother because I thought he put on an accent more so when he first came in. Like he actually put up like kind of a shtick and a character. Not to say that his acting wasn't on par of what he does in the movies, but I felt like he was definitely putting on a character or an act there. And that made me interested to see that maybe he was under some kind of influence or maybe he's playing along with kind of the situation. Right. Um, I know people have said too that like, especially those that are fans of the Mephisto theory that that's Mephisto as mm-hmm. Quicksilver, but he mocked up i think it's legitimately quicksilver i don't think you would just bring in a character just for a cameo and then never utilize that character in future movies i think that's such a great character i think evan peters does such a great job as him and the like thinking down the road you know wanda and that pietro together have such more of a chemistry in terms of like the banter that you can have like pietro is such a kind of quick witty and very like tongue-in-cheek you know kind of well character they were two very different versions that we got. And at the time, you know, in days of future past, people preferred Evan Peters Mm -hmm. to Aaron Taylor Johnson. As time has progressed, I think people are like, well, I kind of want to revisit that Aaron Taylor Johnson once more. I do too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ, man. Jane, Jane, Jane. Yeah, right? <laughs> no, I, I most certainly did not see that coming. Double entendre right there. Um, yeah, I. so I'm okay if he's going to stick around. I think it's a wasted opportunity, to everyone's point, if he's Mephisto yeah. and not the Evan Peters 
Quicksilver from the Fox movies because this is supposed to deal with the multiverse breaking mm-hmm. and we need to get these multiverse characters and they if you want to build clout on this you want to start planting them everywhere you know J. John and Jameson in Spider-Man <laughs> 3 or excuse me at the end of you know Far From Home and now here but let, I guess wait and see I don't think there was much in there to just speculate or, or kind of surmise so I guess next episode. I was just going to say, because if we're going to sl- slowly, you know, incorporate the mutants into this, um, you know, universe now, the MCU, how would you, how do you feel if he was kind of the official first, you know, mutant, whereas you have, you know, other major players? Because for, you know, my opinion, you know, look, I, I am a huge, you know, Gene Gray fan, um, but my first pick, you know, for someone to be introduced into the MCU as the first new mutant, I would definitely say Storm. Oh my God, 100% yeah. in Black yeah. Panther 2. Yes, Absolutely. So, I mean, like, what do you guys think? Would you, I mean, how do you feel if he was kind of like the first official, if, if this is him playing, you know, Quicksilver from the Fox, you know, um, X-Men universe? Hmm. Well, that's so that goes into what I was going to bring up originally. And I think, I don't know if this was maybe something that it was an Easter egg, so they didn't think much of it, or they probably were thinking about it. But remember in Deadpool 2, they show the scene where like the X-Men were in there and Beast closes the door on yeah. Deadpool. Yeah. So, you know, maybe again, it was just treated as a, as a, you know, as an Easter egg, funny moment, haha, like to hint at also down the road that this was already, I feel like at that point, the, the conversation was already at, there. I'm curious, maybe, I don't know where the timeline of Deadpool 2 is, that that the multiverse kind of was already there, or at least to explain why they would be there. I think right. what's going on with the multiverse, we know Kevin Feige wants to get there first. He wants to oh. sucker punch DC in the gut. <laughs> Absolutely. So I think what's going to happen, he's doing the multiverse for a couple of reasons. One, so you can bring in characters like Deadpool mm-hmm. in, so, and not be bound by it. So wherever Deadpool 2 took place is kind of irrelevant because if Wanda cracks open the multiverse, this Deadpool could just like, pop out and then just stay in our reality and whoever Mm -hmm. those actors are, you know, know, who played them don't necessarily have to come back. But how do I feel about Quicksilver being the potential first mutant? I'm with you. I'm with you, Ascani. I wanted Storm to come in in Black Panther 2, be T'Challa's Mm-hmm. right hand like maybe an advisor you know something like that they would fall in love and you know I, however they they want to introduce the mutant gene i just think storm is such a regal important iconic character she does so much for the x books that i would like to i would have liked it to be her now that being said, I've been waiting for the mutants to come into the MCU oh, for yeah, absolutely. a long time. You're going to give me Evan Peters Quicksilver, who was a well-received character, mm-hmm, who right. did not do a bad job in Days of Future Past. You know, Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix are shitty movies. He had a shitty role. Don't even get me started on him not telling Magneto, hey, I'm your son. Oh, I know. kill the world. Hey, oh, your absolutely. daughter just died, but now you have something to live for. Your son is alive here. Right, right. So I'll take Evan Peters happily. Look, I mean, as long as it's not Wolverine being the first mutant, I'm fine. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Hugh Jackman's like, please don't make me the first mutant again. <laughs> like, yeah, but, I mean, I, I guess for me, because like I you know, said, I mean, I, I can definitely see Storm being first or even Rogue as being the villain in Captain Marvel yes. you know, 2. Or Fomka. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> You're talking to two crazy gene stands here. I, hey, oh, yes. I'm all for it. I mean, Wanda did take her wig, so Fomka's <laughs> going to come and take it back. 
Look, you know, I don't that, have to keep the Dead Spot for us to, uh, you know, f- for you to feel the burn. So. <laughs> <laughs> Atomized. <laughs> Listen, it's true. Wanda with her red hair and telekinesis and oh, red outfit, red outfit going dark. I mean, come on, you definitely know she really is the Jean Grey of the MCU. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if Kevin Foggy even, you know, if he if he so if he you know was thinking of you know Jean, you know, oh, because- the the jacket, the hair, yeah. the everything. It's so it's so obvious the homage I mean, there. What, I gotta what I say. Look- no, I was gonna say. I gotta say, it kind of bothered me a little bit in this episode. The one thing that bothered me was when they were talking about her powers, and they said telepathy, telekinesis. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, that's you. That's just that's Jean Grey right there. Yeah, I and I've said this in past episodes. I'm happy they're taking the time to do a dark story for Wanda, sure, because that just shows. You know, earlier today on Legion on Zoom, they asked me why do I think a Dark Phoenix story has never successfully translated into the movies? Exactly that. Thank you, Ascani. It is exactly that. They have not taken the time to let the story marinate, to let you be invested, to let you feel the emotions here. They just rush it. It's not a one and done movie. It is Dark Phoenix is the Infinity War of the Mm -hmm. X Men. Mm -hmm. Build up to that. Completely agree. I mean, this series right now is what Dark Phoenix should have been. There is just, yeah, yeah. you know, it's just this evolution, this progression. You know, I mean, they should have started, you know, with, and you can tell like in X-Men 1, you know, at the very end where, you know, the power surge happened and, you know, everyone gets sucked in and, you know, it's done. And then like Gene, you know, kind of has this reaction to it. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. you know that it's whatever barriers in their mind is starting to crack, but they needed for it to marinate. And like with these new films, I mean, unpopular opinion, you know, and I'm sure, and I, 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 I will take all the shit that I'll get for this. Let's hear it. I did not hate the dark Phoenix film as, <gasps> but I will say that. And here's the reason I felt that at least they, I didn't the reason why I hate X-Men three so much is because I did not like that. They took the dark Phoenix and made it the B side. Okay. That that yeah, movie needs I agree. And I and I at least appreciated that that they did that for this film. Is it a perfect film? Absolutely not. There's so many things that that are wrong with it, but they needed time to really marinate, you know, Jean's character slowly. They should have had her, you know, fully become Phoenix, do good things as you know the character saved universe you know whatever and then slowly see her cracking as this force in her bring back the hellfire club do the mastermind plot you know the device that emma frost makes for him to you know make his illusions real you know see her slowly cracking and then go mad commit cosmic genocide whatever wandavision is doing what dark phoenix should have done and that's you know what I, i love about this series I'll share with you on that, that I also really liked X-Men 3, not by my own volition, but because Dayspring, when I lived with him, basically made me watch that movie so many times to say, <laughs> and pause it at specific scenes. And this is the part that Halle Berry stole from Vomka. <laughs> no, I actually, I grew up. Oh, he's talking I, about the Dark Phoenix movie that came out. I know, but, I'm, but oh, didn't I'm you sorry, also say that you, you also liked the X-Men 3 movie? Didn't you say that? Or no, did you I did s- not like X-Men 3. I, no, I didn't like it either. <laughs> okay, oh, oh, you're fine. Okay. So I misconstrued that whole thing. <laughs> I grew up Listen, liking. Nightfall. I'm the young one here. I'm, I get the pass on that. Um, <laughs> on my ignorance. Um, but I, yeah, I but did, you look the oldest, bitch. 
<laughs> some of us can grow facial hair, unfortunately. Like I'm almost 40 and I still can't do it. <laughs> I can't, dude. This is me not no. shaving for three days. I know. And look at those crow's baby, feet. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was gonna that's by the Morgan. <laughs> I was gonna yes. I was gonna say I I liked a lot of the what the the trilogy did in the beginning because I grew up, you know, like it was the first time these movies were kind of being taken seriously and given the attention. And I wish that what would ultimately become kind of the standard for movies down the road would be given the same thing. I actually felt like at least the the third movie there was some type of setup that it wasn't just immediate to mm-hmm. her being a bad guy. And obviously, yeah, the. I mean, the Dark Phoenix movie with Sophie Turner was just unfortunately not as good and what it could have lived up to because they rushed it. Right. I was, we, Dayspring and I talked about this ad nauseum when it first was announced. I was like, why are they putting out a Dark Phoenix saga when they haven't even done anything about the X-Men as a whole? Like, finally, yeah. they're put together as a team. There's no chemistry established yet. There's no yeah. actual understanding of them. They're just like, okay, now we're going to the Dark Phoenix. I was like, that's a waste. You're ruining such what? a great moment. The thing that I got tired of with the Fox X-Men films was that it felt like every movie we had to establish the X-Men again. You -hmm. know, in Wolverine 2, he was on his own. In Logan, the X-Men were gone. In First Class, they were just assembling. In Apocalypse, they had the young kids learning. And then, you know, by the time we got to Dark Phoenix, it's like they're finally a team. And I'm supposed to care about Gene in this? Like, Mm -hmm. I think Sophie Turner is a fantastic actress. If you were going to reboot the X-Men, I'm happy with Sophie Turner. If she comes back. Yeah, I mean, she she even said in an interview that if they asked, I mean, she would definitely come back to play Gene Grey again. Yeah. Um, No, I I completely agree. I mean, it's just, and they're, thinking about the Fox X movies too, is just that some of the character, you know, moments, you know, I mean, we could, this could go on to a different podcast, you know, I don't want to, you know, detract so much from what we're talking about, but I just didn't like how X-Men 3 and even Dark Phoenix, you know, these, they've been the team for so long and you feel like, you know, by now they should be just this really tight group and, you know, deep friendships and whatnot. And there were just so many out of character moments, like, you know, how Storm just completely wrote off Jean both times in X-Men 3 saying, well, you know, she chose her side. You oh my know? god, and that was such a sexual scene too. Holly Berry was like, she chose her side, like that. I yeah. Yeah. And they're sisters. Right. That's the other right. thing. Yeah. They did. They have not portrayed Jean and Storm as. That's true. That's true. Right. I mean, they have that deep sister, you know, love for each other, and you just never felt that. And again, in Dark Phoenix, how quickly Storm wrote Jean off. You know, when telling Scott, you know how. You know, I guess she, whatever she said about, you know, knowing someone's character until they try finally show it. I'm like, you've been on this same team with her for like nine, 10 years. You know her. You're going to take one moment of out in space that you were there to witness her in this explosion. And you see this alien force take her over and all this stuff is happening. And you're going to sit there and act like this is who she's been this entire time. <laughs> So I think what we're going to do for our next episode is do a Dark Phoenix watch. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) That will be savage. I mean, Mm. it's going to be terrible. One thing I really liked about this episode is I'm glad to see that, you know, Wanda has Monica Rambeau on her side, that Mm. she doesn't see her as a villain. She's not a terrorist. She sympathizes with her. She feels empathy for her because, you know, she's been in that world 
you know, and she says, look, I, I, I heard Wanda's voice. And you, like you said, Nightfall, you see these flashes in that one moment of Wanda just in distress. You know, she even tries to explain to Hayward and the rest that she's not this, she doesn't see her as this, you know, bad person trying to gain some kind of political motivation. She's just a woman that has gone through so much tragedy, you know, and she just feels like she's lost anything that she's come close to. She loses her family, her brother, Vision. You know, it's just taking a final toll on her. And, you know, Monica can sympathize because, you know, she also was part of, you know, the people that, you know, blipped out mm-hmm. yeah, as with Wanda. You know, she, you know, she knows loss. So to me, I, I was so happy to see that she has at least one person there that is not seeing her as, you know, the bad guy, but instead a woman that's just in distress. And I think it's a testament also to Tiana Paris, who... Mm-hmm is a phenomenal actress. I mean, the way she played that Carol Danvers scene was mm-hmm. masterful. The way she just owned every scene. I'm excited for Captain Marvel too. I want mm-hmm. a photon standalone, you know, movie franchise. She has star power. I understand when you, there, there are certain characters you see on screen and you're like, I get why that person is an actor. I get why that person got this role. And Tiana Paris is flawless. I mean, and again, the scene where Wanda comes out of Westview when she's confronting everybody, you know, throwing that drone again, you know, Monica says, look, I want to help you. What do you Mm -hmm. want? She's there. She wants to be there for Wanda. She, you know, she feels for her. So to me, that that was, you know, a highlight character wise, you know, to see, you know, someone is there for her. You know, that was so beautiful when Wanda said, I have everything I want. Mm-hmm. And they were trying to negotiate with her. And Wanda said something that just threw me off where she was here like, you leave me alone, I leave you alone. And the only thing that I'm trying to think about is what is Wanda's end game here? Because the twins are aging up. She's jumping decade to decade. How long can she hold that? You know, like how long can that sustain itself? And it's only been like nine days mm-hmm. since you know, she's created that reality. Presumably she created that reality. And then, so when she goes back into Westview, did she enforce her bubble? Is that what she did? She Yeah, she that? makes it yeah. like, mm-hmm. adds like a magical layer over it to really right. stop people from going in. Well, allegedly magical, allegedly. Well, it's called Hex. Remember what Darcy said? She well, called it the Hex. Shape of the hex. hex. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, again, I think that's just setting it up to- No, I know. agree. I don't disagree. That's why I said allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly okay. magic because we haven't, I agree, she's exhibiting magic, but it's not confirmed yet. Well, they, I right. think what's really been great about this is that they called into question also that she's never displayed powers like this before, yeah. like reality warping powers. So I think that's really setting up the bar that they're going to start explaining like she does have reality warping powers, that these aren't telekinesis or tele- telepathy. It's more so like a, a literally a reality bending ability. Um, I also think, you know, I've been having this thought for a while that the episodes and also um, the whole show is kind of for Wanda, it's a grieving process. And I think she's going through the stages of grief in it. I think like every episode kind of almost showcases or moments showcase where she's at in her life and in the stages of her grief. Like I, I kept comparing it to like a grieving cycle to Dante's Inferno with like the layers of hell. Like there's all these like metaphors mm. of like how it goes deeper and deeper. And I think this proved, again, Monica said grief and it showed her crying. I think it's just proving that she can't control things. And when she said, I have everything I want and her end goal, I think at the end of the day, it's just 
to live out her the rest of her life like this. I think I she agree. doesn't want anything to go away. It's very House of M style where she no, just doesn't. I agree that. Well, I agree with that. But her life is literally flying by. Well, yeah. well, she hasn't I, aged. She I, hasn't. But what's exactly when the what where where does she reach that point? I, that's my point. True. True. You know, is she waiting for the twins to get sixteen and then she's like, okay, we'll just stop right here and we'll live life day to day? But she is jumping decade to decade in the course of a week. I think the decade, I think the decade jumping though, from what I've gathered has been that it's her escaping problems that have arisen, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Mr. Hart choking and that whole weirdness. She like, you know, Vision was saying, it's like we go to sleep and then you change everything. I feel like it's always to kind of ensure Vision stays under the illusion or there's always some type of like, you know, thing that's going on. I agree. I don't think she has a very clear idea of her end game, but I think she wants to live out the rest of her life there in the opening credit song i mean even said there's a line there says yeah. you know we're just kind of going along you know we're kind of just like making up as it goes along or something like that so i feel like too she's just kind of you know minimally this like day by day you yeah know, that's exactly she- what i was gonna say the lyrics it's right there she's making this up day by day and now we saw that she can no longer keep up with that because when the twins are like where's dad She's here like, oh, he's at the office. And they're like, it's Saturday. And she's like, no, it's Monday. And they're like, no, no, it's Saturday. (laughs) I love all these these little like pricks who just came out of her are like, no, bitch. (laughs) You little zoomer. Here's here's a planner and a Palm Pilot. Like, relax. I, you know, this was something I thought about when I saw the, first of all, I've been hyped up for the Halloween episode for so long just because of like, Every, I feel like that was that's going to be the accumulation of like everything coming out. But there was moments in the in the commercials and the trailers that showed this um, that I thought were interesting was when Vision was going past certain areas, people were standing still, and specifically Agnes was in the car, kind of like in a mind state, like not paying attention. And it's interesting she brings up the fact she's like, "What do you think I do? Like I I get these people to their places and all stuff and blah 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 blah." I almost feel like there's a range, kind of like a frequency, a range in which her powers exist, oh. where if you go outside of that range, or if you're no, not within a, an area where the shot of the show can be seen, you're no longer in like a, you're kind of in the hive mind, like a, like a vegetable state. Like you're not right. moving, you're not doing anything. It's almost to preserve her so she can focus on whatever's going on. So she's not thinking about things outside of it. I feel like that's going to be something explored because she, that, again, all these lines, everything that gets said, there's substance to it, whether it's, you know, a, a quirky Easter egg or an actual subplot. Um, I don't think it's her controlling people, though. I think it's someone else controlling them for her. I think she may have influence over people, like when she brought Monica in because she knew Monica was the only one who was going to be able to help her give birth. So I, I just think that Wanda doesn't, because I'm thinking the scene where even the mailman is like, your mom is not going to let that happen. Yeah. And I don't know, Elizabeth Olsen, the way she played that off was kind of like, oh, what, what do you mean by that? And like continued right. walking. I don't know. I, I don't know. I think, and I've been now talking to you guys and like actually remem- like remembering all the details in the story and of this episode, I think Monica's powers are going to come in at the end of the, of the show to oh, some I extent. Agree. I think she's going to exhibit her powers so that there's not this quote unquote origin movie and they can just jump straight into her showcasing it. I think her powers are going to come through because she's been really shown as like an ally and as like a, a major side character to, you know, Wanda's story here. 
I want mm-hmm. the mutant space program established. I want Sword to go mm-hmm. full blown mutant space program. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for Monica to get empowered, and that's it. You know, I would love to see her in that costume. Have a facility on Genosha. <laughs> <laughs> there was just so much that happened, and like, it's like you're speculating, but there's not much you can really go into. You know, like because you have to wait for the answers. We don't know the answers yet. I mean, yeah. it's just one of those shows that it could just go anywhere, really. I mean, you can think one thing, and then it could just be another. You just, yeah, you just don't know. And that's I've always, about it. I've always been a big fan of like source material, like when people off, like, you know, honor the source material. But I love that what MCU has done is they take the source material as inspiration, but not as the rules for how a situation plays out. So like, as much as we can sit here and be like, Agnes makes the most sense as uh, Agatha, it's not going to be like a similar situation, or maybe it's going to be interpreted differently. If not, like maybe her name will be Agnes, you know what I mean? Or something like that. But I think that's one of the, the great things about the MCU. And like, I, you know, again, it's the very House of M storyline. And oh, absolutely. like when she was like, I have everything I need. It's very much that similar, you know, story where it's like everyone has everything they need. And, they, and there's this idea of them being happy, but then they get awakened and they're like, I'm not happy. Get me the fuck out of here. But here's a big House of M <laughs> reference. Are you ready for it? Monica was like, it could have been much worse. And she contained it. Yeah, uh, yeah, she did. I, yeah, I did. I caught that one too. I mean, because you can think about it, the point of what was House of M was, you know, Wanda gave everyone their, you know, heart's desire. So here she's given her own, she's given her heart's desire, what she wants, you know, it's just to have a simple, you know, life, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. just pretty much. Yeah. We had PJ Garcia, AKA kid wolf underscore one, write in some theories and questions for us. And the first one he wrote was Wanda's rearrangement of reality had Monica actually absorbed the kinetic slash whatever energy of her being thrown. I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, that's how she was able to. That's what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, is she empowered? You know, I, I don't know to the extent, because obviously after that scene with the doctor, as we've discussed at length, but yeah, I feel you know, Wanda cradled, <laughs> cradled her. Well, that's kind of like, you know, with the, the Mind Stone, you know, you know, my theory with, you know, Wanda and, you know, Pietro is I think they were always mutants and that yeah. the stone just unlocked their inner latent, you know, power. That's why nobody else, you know, survived these, ex- these experiments, sure. but they did because they've always had them. So that's in the Wakanda files, a book that's kind of been like written and they talked about something being in Pietro and Wanda's genome. And that's the other Mm -hmm. thing that kid Wolf just brought in where he said the mind stone didn't give anyone powers. It only unlocked latent Mm -hmm. powers and gave better control of it. I I don't disagree with that at all. I think that's a really great theory. He also writes Agnes is a suburban witch and offers to teach Wanda how to use magic after she realizes her powers were magic the whole time and not from the Mind Stone. Yeah, I think that that makes sense. That that aligns with the Vision and Scarlet Witch comic book where Wanda was learning from Agatha and the Salem Seven. And then she herself became a suburban witch Wanda has an ingenue mm-hmm. in the series and she's teaching her the magic abilities. So yeah, thank you for writing in PJ. Like we agree with all of those. We'll see where everything Absolutely. goes. 
All right, guys, anything else? No, I think that's, that's it on my end. Yeah. Okay. Nightfall, where can the fine folks listening at home find you? Well, you can find me at my home in London. <laughs> you can find me. You can find me on Instagram at little tattoo King. That's little tattoo King. <laughs> and, and the Ascani son, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at mdbrower81 and on Twitter at mikebrower81. And folks, thank you for joining us. As always, I'm the Uncanny Dayspring, and we will see you all next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>